Brighton Talk Sex, the sex education we never had at school. You're listening to Brighton Talk Sex. Sponsored by She Said Boutique, bringing to you the finest selection of designer lingerie, burlesque fashion, adult toys, and erotica. Hi, this is Brighton Talk Sex, and today I'm with Kate McKenzie. Hi, Kate. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi. Um, and today I know that you would like to talk to us about receptivity. Yes. Yes. Open. What does that mean? Yeah, very nice. It's 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 really about coming from the heart, coming from a more inner space rather than an outer space in terms of connecting to yourself, connecting to others. If you wanted a partner, coming from an inner space first of all and connecting with that inner space, the visualization of what you want and the feelingization, that's from Ariel Ford, of what you want. And if you're in a partnership and you feel like it's gone neutral, it's you've maybe got distant with each other, how would you re-energize? How would you re-engage? Coming mm. again into your heart, into a sense of play and joy and that sacredness of the inner journey and then allowing that active receptivity. When I say active, because you've taken the time to create that space inside you and you've opened something. So you're like a a juicy fruit again. So do that you mean changes the atmosphere. It's like an invitation it where is. we're inviting something or someone to be close. If yeah, very nice point. We don't attract what we want, we mm. attract who we are. So if we're feeling depleted, undernourished, overworked, mm. tired, um it might not be that the world around us might might seem to mirror that too, you know. So a partnership could be, you know, one person's feeling uh, tired and the other one might mirror feeling tired too. But if at least one in that partnership could go and nourish a bit, have a nice walk or a nice bath or start to do three things a day that bring them some joy, bring them some fun, mm-hmm. they might start responding in this quite cute they might start to flirt with their partner flirting <laughs> flirting is a That's really important <laughs> very important thing oh hi sweetie mm. hello cutie what are you doing rather than have you done the washing up yet which doesn't open the space up doesn't mm. open up the other person to being actively receptive it can close the space down when we demand mm. so um you know in some ways you're commanding the space open visualizing mm. and commanding uh an engagement hey you rock steady <laughs> cool show us what you do make a shake make a move rather than what have you done today why haven't you done that which uh demeans the space it's demanding as soon as we demand mm. we seem like we're controlling and we close it down same mm. with ourselves when we shame and blame ourselves mm. Oh, I should be this, I should be that, I should know this, I should know that. Rather than, as long as we're human, we need other people's support to help us learn about stuff. As long as we're human, we're not going to know hardly anything, actually, because there's so much to be known about. And as long as we're human, we need other people 
Mm. And that's the gift and that's the heart-centeredness. Because shame, I was given this anachronism for shame, which was should have already mastered everything. Mm. And that's the idea that people think uh, that's the staying in the head and staying in the, the mind place where you think you should be this, you should be that. When you come into the heart, you know someone will know. Yeah. Someone can help. Mm. You don't have to know it all and you can start to trust. Mm. And you can go for that playfulness because you can start to trust mm. and open up. I just want to let the listeners know that your flirty face oh, is yeah. wonderful. What is, what's, my, what, what's, yeah. my, what's my flirty face? Yeah. I seriously feel like I'm being flirted with. Well, that's good. Now you've given me a gift. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about that. That's really you good. You just suddenly switched and your flirting's amazing. Thank you very much, Michelle. <laughs> you know, I didn't, you've made me, that's really nice. Thank you for that because... Well, no, it felt like happy and like I wanted to thank you i wanted to reach out to you i wanted to be with you thank you closer do you know it's funny because um webster's university said that uh it's not the most attractive people who get laid or get asked out or get Mm. engaged with it's the people sending the signals yes which is eye gazing smiling Mm -hmm. connecting saying hi and the heart exactly sparkling the heart relaxing the tongue relaxing Mm. the belly Mm. belly's a big deal so that the breath moves Mm. through the body and children if they're not depressed Mm. little puppies we can't naturally flirt draw towards them yeah exactly we just adore them yeah, okay. And in sex therapy, there's a wonderful sex therapist called Barry McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the seven gear sticks of sexuality. What he means by that is that he said that sometimes when couples have stopped um, having sex, often what they mean is sometimes is they, they've stopped having intercourse or they've stopped having genital, genital play. And what he said is that we need seven gear sticks to be in operation or it, it, or it can feel like it's pressure. And what he means is gear stick one, two is affection, which mm. is, hi, how are you? How are you doing? Intimately connecting emotionally, hugs, mm. kisses, sweetnesses. And he said that needs to be daily. Gear stick three, four is sensual touch. So that's more stroking, more cuddling, more Caress. sensuality, caressing, mm. maybe more sensual kisses. Mm. In fact, if kissing has stopped in your relationship, you can encourage it by if your partner does come close, uh, it, with their consent, if it feels mm. okay, you can stroke their face and maybe give little kisses around their mouth, which may yeah. may show them that they may like that. Then gear stick, five, six, Mm. would be um, erotic flirting, erotic play, maybe uh, genital play, maybe mm. um, playing, people play with toys, people play with power play, they play with all kinds of things. So taking it into that erotic realm, Gistic 7 would be intercourse, which mm. may not be for everybody. In fact, all of these might be choices all the way along. But he said, you know, often people are thinking, why aren't we having... Oh, Why aren't we having intercourse? I agree with you. And they're Sex skipping is the focus, and there's all those delicious things exactly. that need to happen first. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's like your 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 soup or your stew, you know, expecting it just to be made on the on the stove <laughs> without having chopped any vegetables. No, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not going to be inviting. No, 
And that's the thing is that in in olden times, it seems, and perhaps it wasn't because we had other issues perhaps, but it seemed like people would lay a table. People would dress up. People would set the space. I was just about to say, you're talking about creating a space as well, Creating the space. I saw this play called Ink, Mm. and it was all about um, how... um, the 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 sun got taken over the the newspaper the sun was made into a tabloid mm. and how um uh murdoch persuaded this up and coming young editor from the north to become the editor of the sun and how he persuaded him to put um at the time very rebellious things in like page 3 and like various things that the editor didn't want to do he actually didn't want to do, but what Murdoch kept doing was he kept meeting him for these very swanky dinners, and he wooed him mm. by the environment, by the situation, by promising him, by wooing him. And we, what they did, they, through the play, they kept showing these dinners, and you saw him, he was flirting with him. It's kind of like courting as well. He was sounds. courting him. Yeah. And the guy... The editor was a very talented editor and did all, mm. and he didn't want to do the page three thing. He said, I'll, I'll be remembered for that. It's not what I want to do. And mm. there were some other things that were really tricky that happened that he didn't want to do. But he did do it and he was remembered by that. And actually the play ink kind of was like soul retrieval because in a way he, he got seen for other things rather than just his legacy being that. Do, do you yes. see? So, but what it was was Mur- Murdoch. I came from a publishing family, father, grandfather, and he was rebelling mm. against his conservative publishing background by doing something totally rebellious and breaking the rules. And he was Australian and coming to England and breaking all the rules. Do you see? But he needed someone else to break these rules and he mm. wooed him into it. Anyway, what I'm saying is, I suppose you can see that someone can be courted and flirted in all kinds of different ways. And it's good for us to be aware of that too. Mm. And I'm suggesting that start to learn about these things. Mm. I remember I did, um, I wanted to do a talk. I do talks for organizations and I wanted to do a talk for this one organization that mainly employed scientists. And, um, I wanted to do a talk about flirting and I wrote to the guy and, and he said, look, we mainly employ these, all these bookie people who've done all this bookie stuff. And I'm a bit rebellious myself. And I wanted to do, I wanted to do one on flirting because I thought if you're, if people don't know flirting skills, they can't pass that message on if they're doing a talk about a book. They, mm. they, you know, if they haven't got the engagement, it doesn't work. And, and the same in relationships. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You need all these engaging um, skills. And he said, okay, meet me and we'll have a cup of tea. And then you can persuade me. And I did. And I persuaded him. And then he put me on. It's still, it wasn't, you know, because that his thing was to put scientists on. But he did put me on. It went well. Mm. And I, persuade, I persuaded him because I said... What I'm hearing from that as well is that this persuasion, often when we think about being persuaded, there can be that, that can be um, assertive, aggressive, control, like being persuaded to do something we don't want to do. But the persuasion you're, you're offering and I can feel when I'm sitting with you is it's not, it's not trying to make someone do something they don't want to do. It's more creating a space 
to allow something else to arise. That's it. So it doesn't feel like confrontation or a challenge. It feels like, well, I don't know, when I'm talking to you, I think it's nice for the listeners to hear this. I just feel like you're just opening space and opening space. Yeah, thank you, Michelle. That's it. So that something can be received in. That's it. It's not really persuading. Persuading can have connotations to it, can't it? That's it. And I mean, of course, we have to be aware that people can use these skills and people can and people have been persuaded to do things they might not want to do so it's Mm. good also to be aware but I suppose what I'm saying is and this is where it comes with the heart consciousness if we come from our good heart Mm. and we get into our joy and we're more of a delight to be with Mm. we're not demanding we're asking from that kind of in EFT I work with emotionally focused couples therapy and what we say is that often couples get into secondary emotions, which is the reactivity, that's the blame and the shame and the attacking or withdrawing or the flight and flight or who the who's the bad guy dance. Yes. And underneath that are real feelings like fear, shame, sadness, joy, happiness, despair. Mm. And when couples can actually go to that space of saying what's really going on, what we call primary feelings. So it's it's mm. heartfelt. It's emotion in the body. So the emotions, it's quite deep. So feelings are often uh, uh, another layer up where we can get conscious of naming things, but the emotion is often what, what's moving, the movere, the core, core moving through the body. And mm. sometimes it starts with a thought that then moves whole things through the body. But when couples can start to say, oh, sweetie, you know, when you said that, I felt a bit sad. Or when you didn't do that, I wondered what happened. And begin to, when people can actually begin to open emotionally, mm. everything changes and they, they come close together. But it very often needs the right space for that. So in my work, we say not an entrance, not on exit. Not ideally not on the phone, but if you have to on the phone, not across floors, not across rooms, but when you're both ready. And in my work, uh, I work with um, the idea of pursuers and withdrawers, or in my work, we call them octopuses and turtles, octopuses being the pursuing yeah, type. Grabby. And the uh, turtles being the withdrawers. Mm. If you imagine the pursuers are desperate for that emotional connection, they're desperate to, to have feelings expressed, and the withdrawers, and that the, they, the pursuers, love the idea of expressing emotion, they adore it, it's like, oh, an ocean of joy, but for withdrawers it can feel like drowning, hmm. it can feel like bombs are going to go off. So if, if you are in a relationship which there is that element of pursuing and withdrawing and it might be a combination you both might be doing that different elements it's about creating that space so it's calmer and more relaxed it might be a bit of banter a walk a film to create the right situation and then to say can we talk Mm. or in sex therapy we sometimes say if you book it in so if you say book it in tuesday it'll happen saturday so someone's got time to acclimatize yes uh, you can even, if people often are scared to talk about sex, but eventually if you get acclimatised to having little meetings, you might be able to say, talk about where's the space for us to have sex. Because again, yeah, people... It's that instant solution thing, though, that we 
become yes. accustomed to. If there's a yes. problem with our sex, there's a problem with our relationship, we want it dealt with, spoken with now. We want it fixed now. Um, and so I, like we're not really giving ourselves this time that you're saying for communication or getting to the idea that maybe we're going to meet to communicate. Yeah. Um, it's, we're a very now... Yeah. Fix it now. Yeah. Um, culture. And it can be hard for people to mm. put that time in. To, it can be hard. So, again, a bit like the Barry McCarthy, build slowly. Mm. Okay. You know, so some people, because if you've got a partner who's more of a withdrawer, they, it might, they might initially think, what's going to happen at that meeting? You know, so it yeah. might be like you start being more spontaneous with, well, can we sort this? Can we sort that? And you, but, Key would be start with appreciating them. Three very specific appreciations. You know, when you did the washing up, I felt so happy. Or uh, you look really a compliment. You look really gorgeous in that top. I think it suits you really well. Or you know, it means a lot to me that I have you in my life because I feel I'm. I have. I have a friend. Uh, very specific, so they're real. Because a withdrawer will will sniff out anything they think's rubbish and think. Yeah, yeah, lip service. If you're saying, oh, you're so wonderful. Well, what do you mean I'm so wonderful? You know, mm. so it needs to be very um, what we call concrete and and clear. But um, you can stop little. But it's just to understand that if you're someone who likes Im- intimate emotional expression, your partner may not be used to that but you can ask them to help you with it. So if you give them a purpose for that. Okay. And you can help them with it too. Maybe you you help them, so you help each other. Yes. What would you advise, your advice be to someone who feels vulnerable about the idea of receptivity and allowing in and, you know, being more with their feelings and they're emotional I mean for some people their coping mechanism is to not be receptive that's right to keep everything and everyone at arm's length that's very good point exactly very good point so building slowly building slowly again Mm -hmm. you know uh, there's no hurry and there's no rush there's no shoulds sometimes you can have a couple that are two turtles and they see each other once a month and they live in different parts of the country and they're quite happy with that. It, you know, they're really starting to recognise what works for you. I've met whole families that were turtles, but it <laughs> turned out that possibly one of them was an octopus, but she gave up. And so if you notice a whole family that they just do activities, so they never go to deep chat, mm. they're just always doing activities, which could be fine you might find there's one octopus who gave up because they don't want to upset the boat because they they feel like everyone else is a turtle and they don't they wouldn't mind a bit of deep yes. chat but they mm. feel like everyone else might not want what what can happen if people are willing is you can ask your turtle could you ask me some questions turtle by the way if someone is a, is a withdrawer and it's not their bag they're not going to suggest this so that's the other thing is i think sometimes people think why wasn't my partner suggest this and that and the other? It's, it's not their dream. Now, funnily enough, the withdrawer, the turtle person, ultimately is their dream to be opened up, but in the correct way that's right for them, that feels safe. 
They're longing to be deeply known. They're often really, really bright. They can think out of the box. They've got really bright skills. Can be intellectual even because they, they're so bright they can see 360. You know? our, all our human desire is to be known and to be seen. That's it. But we just can get scared about that. It's, well, it's understandable because many of us mm. have been hurt Yes. And invaded and our boundaries not respected. And mm. so that's where the space comes in. Okay. So if you're a if you're a pursuer and you're attacking, shaming, blaming your turtle, mm. they ain't gonna want to come out and play. No, they're gonna withdraw even more, aren't they? So equally if you've got an octopus who's getting pretty critical and, and harsh and you're wondering, what do I do? I don't want to give up my octopus, but they're getting a bit unhappy. Start to give them appreciations. Mm. <laughs> Start to ask them about them. Because what octopuses will do, we'll focus on the other. I'll keep asking them about them. Mm. They're longing to be asked about themselves. <laughs> but each equally, everybody's longing for that right space. Now, that can take a bit of practice because some people have grown up in environments that were very traumatising. Mm. And they were pushed and shoved into stuff they didn't want to do. And so they can think, I, I don't want to have a set time to have a set meeting. We were spontaneous when we were going out and it all happened naturally. Why can't we do that now? Or why can't we just be? And I want to suggest there was nothing spontaneous about dating. Nothing at all. You arranged a date, you arranged to exactly. meet. <laughs> you probably thought we might have sex tonight. Mm. So you probably got yourself ready. We don't really do anything spontaneously. No, like nothing. We make time to brush our teeth. We no. make time to bathe. Yeah, nothing spontaneous. Mm. It's all planned. Mm. And so it's just becoming more conscious of making that more planful and being aware that you live in the space that you create. Mm. So that's for yourself. So that there's a marvellous guy who calls the Miracle Morning, which is to uh, meditate, do affirmations, writing and some exercise. And that mm. sets you up for the day and I'm suggesting you can create that with relationships as well you create the right space for relationships mm. partnerships children in my work we call it bridging where we I help a couple to relax really really deeply so mm. they're in their hearts and they're in their body mm. before one listens very very deeply to another one and it's it's they create a love paradigm and it's a completely different space than a chat hmm. so it's a creative space so our environment i mean i'm like reflecting upon what you're saying mm. we can see their life though because a farmer wouldn't try and grow crops on shitty soil <laughs> so it's all about our environment really babies need safe environments animals need safe environments so why our relationship needs a safe environment also. Do you know what? You put it so nicely. I um, I have seen a comedian a lot called Daniel Kitson. And Daniel Kitson is the most successful, non-famous comedian mm. in Britain. Because he won't do telly, he won't do interviews, he's done a little bit, little bit hardly. You won't find him on, like a tiny thing on YouTube. He breaks websites because he sells out tickets in 20 seconds because he's if you if you once you've mm. found him people just 
buy his ticket straight away. So he, what he did was he's built an audience on people who love what he does so that he's free to feel safe to do what he actually wants to do. He's created that space. And I've gone to so many shows now. He can tell who are the people who are his audience and who he can feel where it's cold and where someone said, oh, you should go and see this guy. And they've bought tickets, but they're going, I don't think he's that good. He can feel where the warmth yes. and where the thing. And so he's built a proper career purely, and it's a big, big career, but you'll only have heard of him if you've heard of him. Um, he won't do stuff that puts him out. and He hasn't got an agent, hasn't got a manager. He does it all himself. <laughs> and he's very successful. Mm. And people adore him. But he only is doing it, if you like, if you want to use that language, to his tribe. Mm. It's only to certain people. Mm. And he also has really strict rules about ticket prices have to be cheap as well because he wants it to... He's got certain things, how he lives and how he wants it to be. But also it sounds like, again, a lot of us come from a place in this world of thinking and his feeling. That's it. Um, So again, it's that heart thing coming away from our head and into our feeling space. That's it. He he's thought like he's a comedian, but mm. he does um, theatre. He does a lot of plays, mm. and he's done loads of different theatres in London. And I remember this with Gerald Scarf, who's the cartoonist. I saw him give a talk, and he did all these um, cartoons that were famous, like of Margaret Thatcher in the in the eighties. But what happened was he ended up doing covers for Pink Floyd. He ended up working with British National Opera. He ended up working with the ballet. He didn't have a limit on where he was going, even though, you know, one Mm. person could say, well, you're a cartoonist and you're this. He kind of, he followed, it seemed to me, his heart. Mm. He followed his flow. And the other thing which I would say... Also, there wasn't any structure or design. No. He, yeah, he was feeling his way he was feeling his way where sometimes we can already decide how we want that relationship to look how we want that dinner date to go we've already created a design and a limit upon that so nothing new and fresh is inviting in that's exactly to our experience that's exactly and i would say a big thing is support Mm. i i think that couples need community a lot of community. I think people, humans need community, children need community. I think that support and people having your back is a really big deal because um, this feeling we should all know it all, we should have it all set or, you know, our our wounded inner child part, you know, our partner Mm. can say something or do something and we can feel it's the end of the world. We speak to another person and they say, well, what did they mean? Or what was going on for them? Or um, how were they in that moment? And then you can go back to them and you find out a whole nother thing other than mm. your what you felt in that moment. But without community, it's really hard. It doesn't mean people should be with people that are not right for them. I don't mean that. But I just mean that old-fashioned giving yourself community, backup, support... Mm people who've been in a relationship for a long time who who know the signs who know how to say well do it like this do it like that yes Um, how we learn but also if we don't have that then we expect our partner to be our everything this is the key 
This is the key. You know, in olden times, I think... And Which I again think, is another pressure where there's no wanting to be receptive because we've got to be everything to that person. In the distance of pursuer dance, the turtle octopus, mm. if the pursuer, the dance often is, we call them demon dancers in EFT, is that the pursuer will push and the withdrawal will go away. Mm. As soon as the pursuer relaxes and um, settles and looks after themselves more, you'll find often, little by little, the withdrawal will come towards. Yes. And we find also that uh, sometimes we call them snapping turtles. You know, they might be a bit grumpy, the, mm. the, the withdrawer. And the pursuer might think, oh, what's wrong with you today? There will be something going on. It's worth saying, what's happening, honey? So starting to really understand that both of you've got feelings going on, but if one of you pushes, you'll be back in the dance. And one of you pulls. So you've both got a, a responsibility to say, well, how do I come towards hmm. and how do I not push? It reminds me of that beautiful, I don't know if we say names, Rummy or Rumi, yes. where he says, you know, there's a place in the middle, meet me in the field, and there's a place we'll always meet. Um, so it's beautiful. coming towards each other rather than that. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose actually you're saying that. It's trust, isn't it? Mm. And if we haven't had... Um, nurturing enough growing up if we haven't had safety enough growing up which many of us haven't some have but many of us haven't then how do we create that safety how do we mm -hmm. get back up how do we have practices that give us safety how do we heal our wounded inner child because you know, in a relationship, there's the two adults and then there's our wounded inner children inside mm. us that will act out. You know, you're not giving me enough. You don't do enough. You're always demanding. You're always criticizing, you know, mm. which is often, you know, Havel Hendricks says we, we get together with people who mirror the best and the worst of our caregivers. Mm. But if we can begin to hear each other, we can actually heal together. Yes. But that takes two people being willing to come together and that that's not always easy but like I said I do think that one person can begin to nourish themselves have fun attune surrender let go mm. and um come into their heart more I have got recorded meditations which people can listen to if they want to about coming into their heart to help them if one of us soften then the other one can feel that space around them softening and then that's it there's, there's a huge sign a huge breath it's almost a miracle when <laughs> mm. the when the pursuer softens you might be amazed how the withdrawer starts to cuddle into the space it's like it's al alchemy mm. you know so the flirting thing is actually can you flirt with yourself mm -hmm. can you bring <laughs> yourself on board and sometimes if the turtle or withdrawers had benign neglect they may not know not even they might not even know what they need mm. okay. so it's not that they're being awful or terrible or mean it may be that they need a lot more time to even get in touch with what do they need mm. and so sometimes we have time differences with the pursuer being very fast the turtle being slow and so how do you that's another thing about creating the space is slowing down mm. together both being oh, it's slow Okay. Thank you, Kate. Thank it's you. It's been so lovely to Thank you, Michelle. speak with you and 
Yeah, just the way you talk, I hope the listeners will hear the receptivity in just what you're sharing and that's an invitation to explore our relationships in a softer, more nourishing, yeah. gentle way. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Brighton Talk Sex. Audio hosted by Michelle Roberton. For more information, please visit brightontalksex.com.